I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odd Fellow. And this is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. Great day for a great day. This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, Episode 1, Season 2. The boys are back. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. I'm here alongside my main man, Ant Latino. Perhaps you know him as the Odds Fellow, firing out winners, free picks on Twitter. Ant, talk to the people. Happy Thursday, everyone. It is great to be back for what we're calling dubbing Season 2. Long awaited. We've been in the lab. We've been in the shop. Uh, we've been working on merchandise. We've been talking up ideas and we've still been hopefully winning some bets, I think. Right, Jeff? Yeah, the bets have not stopped, thankfully. And the Twitter followers know that we have a new logo. We have a new sizzle reel. We have new T-shirts to give out once we hit certain tiers of followers on Spotify and Apple Music. So we excited. are back and we are one might say better than ever. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. If it wasn't for the uh, the dog days of August and this baseball season, I'd probably tell you even more. But we got football coming. We got baseball playoff races heating up a uh, ton of sport, as we like to call it, to talk about. So there's going to be you know fun stuff we do every week. Um, like Jeff said, you can find us on Twitter, dropping out some free picks, some analysis. We both got separate things going on. We're doing a lot together. So, you know, it's it's an exciting time to uh, to be alive. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. It's yeah. a whole lot of sport. It's a whole lot of data. And hopefully it's helping the listeners, the followers, everybody out there who decides to click the link and get this far through the podcast, understand a little bit of the why behind our bets. We're going to be touched upon a whole lot. And, you know, data transparency and, and, and understanding and making you a better better is obviously always a goal. And, you know, it's us versus the books, not us versus other cappers, not us versus our buddies, not us versus the hot beers that are sitting out in the sun. We'll grab a cold one and we'll dive in. And let's uh, let's talk through kind of a little bit of an overview of how we're going to set this up this uh, this for season two. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things you and I have talked about a lot and, and why we were a little not hesitant, but, you know, we were doing a lot to get this kicked back off. And one of the things I think that we hit on and agree on is keeping this short and sweet. Right. I think, you know, you guys all have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. Right. There's a lot of. Uh, things trying to grab and consume your attention. So our goal is always going to be 20 minutes or less. We'll we'll try to find that sweet spot. Maybe it's 14 and a half minutes. Maybe it's 17 minutes and 21 seconds. I don't know, but we're going to find it, right? We're going to find that sweet spot, but hopefully, you know, around the 20 minute mark, but we do have some cool segment ideas. Um, These will ebb and flow. We'll come up with catchy, stupid names uh, to get you in the mix and enjoy it. Um, And then the biggest thing we're going to focus on is like Jeff said, the how-to, the picks, right? We always want to give you something to nibble, you know, walking out of here. But a little bit of sports rewind, I think, is one thing. Uh, That'll kind of be quick discussions, you know, maybe reactions to news. But we're always going to tie it back, right? Reactions to the news in sports. We're always going to want to try to tie it back to the market. Does that mean something in the futures market or for a particular game that we see as an edge? Um, you, You know, maybe leaning away from something that we've talked about in previous weeks, right? So always getting it back to kind of that sports gambling insight, which I think is important. Absolutely. That's going to be a good one. Maybe there's some hot takes somewhere along the way. Maybe there's I, some I hope quotes, so. but nonetheless, so. always trying to focus that back into the betting market, uh, whatever it is. The second one that I think we're pumped about, 
working title, Dizzy Bat, just a lightning round style of fun focused uh, on sports gambling. Uh, it's going to be off the dome half the time. I'm not telling Ant what I'm going to ask him about. The other half the time, he's not telling me what he's going to ask me about. This is just real raw reactions, uh, gut picks, uh, a little less data driven, I would say. Obviously, we're we're reading, we're studying, we're doing our homework all the time, but it's it's not going to be as well researched. Yeah. It should be just some again, just some honest conversations. But hey, we might need somebody to volunteer on the on the Twitter sphere on gambling Twitter that is willing to track those dizzy bat lightning rounds, whatever we end up calling it for us and see how good our guts actually are. Right. So absolutely. So. And I know mine is ever expanding with all these beers <laughs> throwing in, but we're working on it. We're yeah. working on it. And then, you know, we can't, we can't get away without doing a little one-on-one action, one-on-one gambling, one-on-one, whatever you want to call it. Right. We're going to focus on a little bit more of the mechanics and the how to's not the how of some of the bets and the picks. Those will obviously come, but I think this one specifically like little edges and, you know, tips and tricks and, you know, bad things that we've done just from prior experience that we want to shape you as a better, better, right. Better, 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 better. Say that a couple times fast, but yeah, you know, absolutely. we do that. How do we do that? Jeff, we do that. I believe it's bet by bet. Yep. That by that baby we're building. And that's going to be a good one, right? That's going to be a little bit of our approach. That's going to be a little bit of what we're learning about our own habits. Just this season, I was looking at my MLB bets and turns out I am terrible at betting overs. I'm down like six or seven uh, units on overs. I lit two more on fire last night. Um, well, actually, yeah, for the matinee, and I saw went three yeah. board, but hey, it happens, right? I've been killing it on money lines, home and away. I've been doing really well on spreads. But just analyzing our performance to, to get better uh, and hopefully make you guys better as well will uh, will be helpful. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have the uh, the meat of the show here, the in the lab where we cook. Maybe it's the kitchen. Um, you know, we're going to be going deep on a couple of plays. We record on either Wednesdays or Thursdays. It's always going to be looking towards the weekend. Sometimes we'll have lines. Sometimes we won't. Obviously, heading into NFL season, we will, which will be helpful. MLB is a little bit more of a prog 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 station, whatever word I'm looking for. Uh, a, a projection of what we think the line should be. Um, and then we what prognosticate. Yes, prognosticating on sports data. Exactly. I haven't had my coffee yet, so I'm still working on my I got vocab, the, I got the but, cold brew here. Maybe future sponsor. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can say it, but it's yeah, good. exactly. And I'm yeah. drinking this tap water, New York City tap, baby. Delish. Uh, and then last but not least, we're going to try to get more guests on the show. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we haven't really figured that out just yet, but we're looking into sports handicappers. We're looking into athletes. We're looking into quite literally this. Quite yeah, literally I think that. it'll be a cool mix. That's something I'm um, excited for, you know, to see how we tie it back into the sports world or the sports betting. I think, you know, the handicappers are out there. The athletes are out there. You know, you and I wanted to get our format right and figure out what made sense and get the relaunch going. And then, you know, that part I think will pick up, which will hopefully be cool. Um, you know, maybe push us a little bit over those 20 minutes. I might've promised, but we got to be careful, but you know, hopefully we can do some, some fun guest spots. Um, yep. Perfect. Perfect. So I think we're going to do a little dizzy bat preview. I dropped in some stuff that you have not foreseen. Um, we are going to focus on one NFL division. I'm going to give Jeff the four teams, a couple of the odds uh, as posted on DraftKings. Obviously, do your shopping, guys, especially with win totals and big and juice here. These things vary. Um, but, you know, these each of these four teams had some moves. Um, and, I, you know, I just want to get Jeff's quick reaction. Is this is that move going to drive that team over or under? Maybe there's another reason he's going over or under. So let's start there. We are going to the NFC South leading off. We'll save the best for last. So we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons over under set at seven over seven and a half minus one thirty five under seven and a half plus one fifteen. Big offseason move was Arthur Smith coming over from Tennessee as the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. I believe the last two years and was probably in the mix a little bit longer. 
and now he is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Is that pushing them over or under? That's a tough one for me. I mean, I lean under uh, right off the bat. Don't love the juice on the over seven and a half. I am a little concerned at the increase from year over year, right? They only had four wins last year. So a three and a half win increase, I think would push towards the over, but with the juice, maybe if it gets to, I don't know, eight at even money, then things get interesting. I think the head coach is interesting. Obviously they lose Julio, but Ridley's still a beast. And the Um, the Kyle Pitts, the Kyle Pitts pick, which I think a lot of people are hyped up on for what that means for Matt Ryan and a potentially you know, still explosive offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, rookie, rookie tight ends, always a bit of a concern in terms of consistency, but he looks like he's obviously yeah. uh stud city. Um, you know, last year they were what bottom third in terms of offensive efficiency off the top of the head. I think they were better on defense than maybe points per game indicated. Uh, but nonetheless, whenever you see Atlanta on there and their division is very, very challenging. Yeah. I don't think they beat the saints. I don't think they beat the bucks. Um, you know, maybe that's probably what it hinges standards. on is probably some of that, some of the matchups against the saints. I would have to guess, you know, if you get, you squeak out, Oh, you know, split there, maybe you go two and oh there, and then you, you pick up some other W's. Um, I do think the Julio thing won't matter as much. So it'll be interesting to see just what this, what this team's all about, but Jeff is going under. I like it. Boom. Carolina Panthers. Again, seven and a half. Tricky number. And keep in mind with these guys, uh, and we'll get more into this over the next two weeks. We're going to do an NFC, AFC preview. I don't know in what order before the season kicks off. 17-game season, 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. So the Falcons could hit that number going eight and nine, which is a little weird, right, to, right. to think about. Right. So this is like a 2027, maybe six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, true. That's what we're thinking yeah. here. So Carolina Panthers, over seven and a half, minus 115, under seven and a half, minus 105. Big offseason move to all of our Jets fans, Jets faithful. Shout out Gary V. Trade for Sam Darnold to replace Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater, who, you know, held his own there. Um, So still a good team, good coach. I like Matt Rule. I like what he does. How do you feel about the seven and a half? I, mean, I lean under here as yeah. well. Um, shout out to GV. Of course, I ran into him at Dwayne Reed actually yesterday, last night. Small city. He was not, he was not ready to see me. I said, what's <laughs> up, Gary? <laughs> so shout him out. Our fearless boss here at 1.37 PM. Um, but I lean towards the under here as well. Uh, you know, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. I don't think he was necessarily the issue in, in New York, but I also don't think he was necessarily the solution. Right. So, you know, this is a Carolina Panthers team with a below average defense. They were, I think, you know, 24, 25 last year. Their offense was pretty mediocre as well. You know, they started out hot and then kind of just tapered off. They couldn't hold any wins. They lost, um, what's his name? Curtis Samuel, one of the best third down receivers in the mm-hmm. league. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's I think the under is the play here at minus 105. Um, yeah. You know, I, I did look up actually earlier this week just in terms of, I was interested because Darnold's got a lot of hype where the New York area people like to talk about him, right? And, um, you know, especially the Zach Wilson comparisons week one, those two teams play each other. Don't forget that. Which is going to be electric, honestly. Kind of a toilet bowl scenario, but I'm (laughs) going to be watching it for at least the revenge factor. Uh, But pass protection last year, uh, the Jets were 29th and uh, the the Panthers were 17th. So it is a step up, but is it a big enough step up? Adjusted sack rate was 6.6% versus 8.1 for the Jets. So, he should have a little bit more time down there, which is great. He's got some pretty good receivers, obviously. Um, but I don't know, a lot of uncertainty yeah. with a poor defense and a new quarterback. I mean, I lean towards the under there again. Speaking of new quarterbacks, Drew Brees exits stage left. Enter maybe, probably Jameis Winston, maybe a little Taysom mm-hmm. Hill. Maybe Hill returns to his own role. But you have the New Orleans Saints, uh, a perennial, you know, dominant team in this division, right? Ran into the buzzsaw that was the Bucks last year, of course. But they are set at over nine, even money, plus 100, under nine, minus 120. What are you seeing from Jameis or Taysom? Taysom? 
Uh, yeah, MVP candidate, Jameis Winston. 2020 vision. The eyes are fixed, Jameis Quite Winston. literally. Yeah, I mean, he threw 30 interceptions not being able to see more than right. 10 yards. So, like, when I don't wear my contacts, I would literally walk into a moving car. So, I mean, I relate to the guy, right? I'm not exactly a gunslinger myself, but uh, I lean towards the over here, right? This is a team that has a fierce defense, and, you know, I think that's something that those other two teams are, are kind of lacking. Uh, you know, last year they were one of the best in the league in defense. I've got uh, football outsiders open right now as we're doing this. They were number two in terms of defense, uh, DVOA, uh, and number seven in terms of offense. That put them in number one in the league in terms of uh, the total, which is which is pretty impressive. And yeah. I don't think I think like current Jameis Winston versus kind of deteriorating Drew Brees is a wash at best, perhaps even an upgrade. Michael Thomas is coming back week four. Obviously, he's a little disgruntled. He's got a lot to prove. He was the unanimous number one receiver last year at fantasy drafts. Now he's going somewhere in what, like the fourth or fifth round. That's a man who's forgotten who's going to come back. Obviously, they're still stacked at receiver. They're great on defense. Yeah. Uh, give me the over at nine. No, plus I love that. Money? that. That one I plus agree money? with. Even should be even. You might be able to find okay. some plus out there. I see plus 100 right now. So you're kidding okay. right on that that gray mark. Um, so let's go. Say I said I was going to save the best for last. That's Tom Brady. I don't even know how old he is anymore. I think it's 44, maybe five, but something in that range, right? So we are sitting mm-hmm. on the Super Bowl champs coming back. What does that mean for the hangover? Uh, the over sits at 12. So right. Even number over 12 minus 110 under 12 minus 110. Again, these are DraftKings lines. Um, one thing I saw just before you get into the final stage here and, and make your gut pick gut reaction is I went back to the 2001 season and champ to mm-hmm. look at how Super Bowl champs fared. Uh, the last repeat winner was Tom Brady himself back in 0304. Uh, with the Patriots, of course, in Super Bowl 38-39. The more recent chain, uh, chances to repeat um, was Tom Brady, again, with the Pats. They lost to the Eagles. And then the Chiefs, most recently, who lost last year to the Bucks. And going back to 2007, that's or back to that 2001, the same range, 19 teams, obviously, the Bucks are the 20th. Uh, 13-6 and six to get into the playoffs. So only six of those teams have missed the playoffs the following year. So... Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. But Jeff, what are you doing with the 12? I'm taking the over here. Big Ooh, time. Tom TV, Brady. TV I mean, the man is, he's just made a career yeah. winning 11 games, right? He's always going 11. Yeah. Their five, schedule 11. is, is sneaky. It feels soft in spots too, you know, compared sure. to what you'd expect and, for a Super Bowl champ. Yeah. And just insane that they brought back their entire starting roster yeah. guys, taking pay cuts left and right to yeah. bring this team back together. And, you know, something that I really, really like, this was probably, probably on Fox broadcast during some week 12 game, but they were comparing Aaron Rodgers' stats. This was 2019, his first season with a new head coach and a new system. And then they juxtaposed that with Tom Brady's stats in his first year. And they were almost identical. Fast forward to last season, Aaron Rodgers has one of his best careers, uh, best seasons of his career. Now we're moving into Tom Brady's season number two with this uh, offense. Bruce Arians obviously loves to sling the rock. If you look at their offense, we He's a play caller. Amen, man. And, and even as, as the season went on, this offense became absolutely filthy when they didn't even have a place a preseason to play together. So, you know, people were like, Tom's over the hill, as always, right? The pundits love saying that. Um, it's not like he was the issue in New England either, right? Who, who the hell was he throwing to? Quite literally, nobody. So he comes in, he's got the most stacked lineup he's had since 2007. I'm expecting some honestly filthy numbers from here. I'm taking, I'm taking the over at 12 minus one. I, I love it. I love it. So I think the only one I would probably go against you on is I think I would go over on the Falcons under on the Panthers over on the saints 
And that over probably sitting at the 12, you get a little protection, you know, with a push there, uh, which I think is helpful. It's 12 and a half. I'd probably go the opposite. All right. So shall we get into the lab quickly? Let's get into the lab, right. baby. Right. I've got so, my, uh, my white coat somewhere and my I'm goggles ready. ready to rock. <laughs> I'm ready. So I'm actually going to drop a quick MLB pick. And this is unfortunate, you know, for me and Jeff, we are a big pro uh, Sunny Gray podcast. And, you know, we just couldn't get the pick out in time. I, we can't confirm nor deny if today is actually, in fact, a sunny day, Thursday, August 26th, because Sunny is pitching the matinee spot. And that's just not enough time for you guys to listen, digest and get the pick in. But you know, hey, follow us on Twitter. You might see a sunny day pop up, right? I don't know if you have anything yeah, to add there about Mr. Sunny Gray. No, nothing. The Yankees right. ruined him. The Reds revived him. I <laughs> exactly. love Sunny. <laughs> exactly. Big pro Sunny. So I'm going with the game tonight. One of the late games, West Coast, um, the continuous battle of the Dodgers and Padres, uh, two NL West teams that are, you know, should both be in the playoff mix. You know, one is obviously going to fall into the wild card. That division may get three teams in with with you know occupying both wild card spots right now, but what I'm targeting right now is the Padres uh, should be sitting around plus one twenty five. Um, this is the U Darvish return. Uh, they really need to stop right here. They've lost two in a row to these Dodgers. Um, Darvish coming off the injury is probably my biggest concern, and Jeff may have something to add on that too. Uh, he left the game on August twelfth with some back tightness. Uh, they ended up losing that game to the lowly Diamondbacks, um, but. You know, San Diego is struggling right now. They're struggling to score runs. Um, they're struggling to patch together the pitching. Uh, that's kind of a combination of injuries, uh, some opening games that they've done where the bullpen hasn't been stretched out the right way. But overall, San Diego is 15 and 8 and Darvish's 23 starts, uh, five and seven since June 1st. His ERA has ballooned up a little bit. So I'm hoping off the DL. And with that back tightness going away, he comes back to form. One of the big things I'm keying in on here, um, you know, call it a revenge factor, call it good matchups. I don't know what it is. Remember, Darvish was a Dodger, had a terrible World Series against the Houston Astros. But throwing out Albert Pujols, just because he's been in the league for so long, they had a ton of matchup data between, you know, the Angels and the Rangers uh, when these two were on those two squads. Um, don't know how relevant it is because I don't think Pujols, you know, really is going to be in the lineup. But taking him out, and if you look at the current Dodgers uh, with five or more plate appearances against Darvish, they are, I'll rattle this off quickly, <laughs> 1 and 11, 2 and 11, 1 and 11, 0 and 5, 0 and 5, 0 and 5, 0 and 6, no home runs, four walks, 27 Ks across 58 plate appearances. That's pretty, you know, that's that's slowly, right? You know, that's not a good average, yeah, not, not, not a lot of contact. Um, you know, three of those have come this year alone where Darvish has pitched well against them. On the 17th, he lost two nothing, only gave up an earned run. On the 2030, one six one, again, gave up an earned run. On the 21st, he won six two, gave up one earned run. So I'm looking at him to get back to form a little bit again. Hopefully, the back tightness and the stint off the DL isn't there. But the other side of the coin is, like I said, the Padres struggling. Um, from a batting perspective. Now they did lose last night. They lost Wednesday night late. I think it was a 16 inning game, kind of crushing defeat. They battled back, you know, Tatis hopefully maybe gets going um, with some of the at-bats he had. Um, and the other side of the coin here is Max Scherzer, um, a guy who's pitched well since he's been in a Dodgers uniform. You know, this is his first start against the Padres as a Los Angeles Dodger. Uh, he did pitch against the same, you know, uh, construction of the Padres lineup twice this year as a national. Uh, he lost nine, eight in, in a slugfest, gave up seven earned runs early in the year, July 8th on July 18th, one, eight, seven gave up four earned um, Washington came back and ended up winning that game. Um, but he hasn't fared well. If you look at his matchup data, again, a lot more at bats for whatever reason, 
Um, he's given up six home runs. He has scattered 46 K's eight walks across this. So, you know, high strikeout percentage, but the, you know, in 123 plate appearances, those guys are knocking them around a little bit more. And you saw that earlier this year. So mm-hmm. look, there's always two sides to, to the coin here, but I do think there's an edge. Uh, the narrative fits with the spot that the Padres are in call it a must win, call it whatever. And I think Darvish coming back, you know, who they point to as probably their ace, uh, hopefully a little jolt to that lineup and I'll take it at plus 120 plus 125 all day long. Yeah, it feels good, man. I mean, I was looking into like seeing if he did like a triple A stint. He did in a couple just bullpen sessions. So thinks that maybe he wasn't all that hurt. I do love his home splits as well versus away. His uh his K per nine at home is is two and a half strikes higher. His XFIP at home is three point one four versus four point five. So all things point to Lauderdale there, which is great. So why not? I also intangible. My guy, Blake Snell, last night, one of my fantasy studs to pick him up off waivers. I still banter with the guy who dropped him, Um, but he had his best start or longest start of his career last night. 7.2 innings, 10 and 10 Ks, one earned run, which was a bummer because that was at the back half of the seventh inning. We almost got out of there with a zero spot. Uh, But this comes like three days after they fire their pitching coach, which is very, very interesting to me. This guy's never gone more than what five, six innings. uh, And he comes out and fires an absolute gem. So perhaps there's a correlation there. I mean, time will tell to see if this pitching staff improves. I think other than Musgrove, they've all been kind of underperforming a touch. Um, So that's, something I'm going to keep my eye on, at least for the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And hopefully we don't get a 16 inning hangover, but you could argue, you know, both those teams played uh, the game, you know, they played that length. They, they wore out those pitching arms. You know, if you look in the stat cat, the, the box score for last night, pinch hitters all over the place, especially in the national mm-hmm. league, replacing pitchers. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I like the, the Padres to get it done. Yeah, feels good. So where, where are you taking us on this journey through the lab? Yeah, so I'm looking uh, on a game on Saturday, actually a rematch between Stephen Brault and Adam Wainwright. Uh, we were on Adam Wainwright the last time that this matchup happened, and he went eight innings, nine Ks, two hits. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, baby. And there's a lot of stats that I still love between these two. Uh, if you're looking at the matchup data, this is coming from baseball, dailybaseballdata.com as well as Baseball Savant. Both of them have a pretty sizable sample size over. 120 uh, plate appearances each, which is great data that we can hopefully trust a little bit more. But again, we always look at weighted on base percentage, expected weighted on base percentage, uh, isolated power and fielding independent of pitching as, as, as a place to start. And Wainwright has the advantage of all of these weighted on base percentage. League average is 320. Brault is that 305. Wainwright's at 206. That's a sizable gap. Looking at isolated power, uh, 140 is league average. Anything closer to 200 is a really good hitter or a really bad pitcher. Brault is at 177 here, teetering on a lot of extra base hits. Wainwright is under 100.074, so that's great as well. And fielding independent pitching, essentially using a player's ERA over a given period of time, uh, assuming league average results on balls in play rather than what actually happened. So, uh, you know, it takes like exit velocity and things along those lines and extrapolates what should have happened. Wainwright here is at 2.54, Brault's at 4.67. So, all good things there. And, and I think the, the season data backs this up too. We've got Wayne right here at a 3.1 ERA compared to a 3.73 expected FIP should regress, but nonetheless is still very competitive. His strikeouts per nine is above his career average. His walks per nine is below his career average. And this guy's had a pretty long career. So to be able to beat those averages and beat the last couple of years at like what, 36, we'll say is pretty impressive. Um, and it's good to see that he's good on both 
home and away, as well as versus lefties and righties, which seems to be something almost of the past at this point. So many of these guys are like righty to righty, lefty to righty, whatever it might be, but nobody seems to be able to pitch to both of them. Home expected FIP 3.72 on the road, 3.77. Amazing. Just what you want to see a guy who's consistent, regardless of where he's pitching. Uh, and against for lefties, 3.94 versus 3.53 against righties. So still right within that realm, which is awesome. Brault, on the other hand, and this is where things get a little juicy. And it's uh, just exactly what you want to see. A 1.93 ERA with a 4.95 expected FIP. That it's gap coming. is almost as it's large coming. as the Grand Canyon, my friend. <laughs> I am diving right in. And it's a small sample size, right? It's only 18 right. innings this season. He's battled injuries, whatever. He's been up. He's been down. Uh, but nonetheless, that small sample size, I think, even more indicates that we're due for a regression. This data is still moving. It is not settled. And it's exactly where we want to be. Uh, some other things we love. His K per rate is uh, not K per nine rate is down by 1.5 strikeouts per nine year over year. St. Louis is the sixth best in the league in terms of strikeouts per game. That's awesome. Uh, Brault, one positive. We're not only going to shit on this guy, but his walk rate is down. Um, it's still not fantastic. It's at 1.93 this year. It was at 4.64 last year. But again, I think that this is 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 key. It's gonna it's gonna increase. If you look at his last five years, 4.59. 1.93, you know, one of these things is not like the other, all those other, other seasons had enough innings to get a statistically significant sample size. This one doesn't. I like to see that go up again, uh, which would be great. And I did look into his pitch composition. Sometimes guys change things up, throw less curveballs, whatever it might be. And that could be a big indication of control. It's exactly the same as it was for the last five years. So nothing there. What else do we love here? Um, well, we look at the last matchup. Brault went four innings pitch, five hits, one run. You know, not terrible by any means, but he had a 2.25 ERA with an 8.15 expected FIP in that game. So easy to say he got lucky. He has a 93% left on base percentage. That is wildly high. Usually it's around 70. Uh, so all signs here point to regression. My one concern with the Cardinals was their bullpen. They're 16th in ERA on the season, but 29th in expected FIP, which is obviously a major niche niche. Thankfully, Pittsburgh is kind of equally mediocre, 22 in ERA, 25 in expected FIP. But I did find a glass half full take on this bullpen. If we look at the beginning of August and the Cardinals have uh, shuffled a lot of guys around, they've got uh, what Galagios uh, back there now and somebody else. I just picked it's up a fantasy bullpen team. by committee. Yeah. They're, they're starting to, uh, to get it done a little bit. What's this guy's name? Cabrera. Uh, Genesis Cabrera, an absolutely killer name. Uh, he has a 2.53 ERA in the last month, which is great to see. But since the beginning of August, the St. Louis bullpen is sixth in ERA and fifth in expected FIP. Pittsburgh since the beginning of August, 27th and 27th. So even on the full game here, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think Adam Rainwright gets it done. Obviously, the Cardinals are inconsistent at the plate. But if Paul Goldschmidt can go for another two home run game, I think we should be... Uh, Fine. And even if he doesn't, I think we'll be fine. So looking to back him again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, give me the cards. As of right now, money line, it might be too big to play a money line. It might be going run line on it. Uh, might look for a team total. Might look for even a first five to double down because I think they uh, they should bring it. So Yeah, and look, nar narrative fits it too. I think what you have to watch if you're betting baseball in the back half of this year is there is a big discrepancy between the top and the bottom uh, teams mm -hmm. that are in the race and then some of those sellers or some of those 
you know, bottom dwellers, whatever you want to call them. Um, the Pirates are not a good baseball team, but they they seem to play well against St. Louis that last matchup, um, winning two or three. The the lone win was the Wainwright start, and you know he looked really good. And, and the Cardinals bounced back in that final third game of that set. Uh, now they come in, they go to St. Louis for four games. This is a series where the Cardinals have to get fat. Um, you know, they are in a wild card race. Uh, they're battling, they're grinding, they're three and a half back from the second wild card spot, which is currently a division rival Cincinnati Reds. They'd have to jump the Padres and the Reds. But again, you know, you got four games against Pittsburgh. You probably got to go win three or four of them. And I think it starts by turning to your, your veteran, your guy, the, you know, 30 something year old Adam Wainwright. So you heard it here first folks. Amen. So that's that's a wrap guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I think we kept this Close to 20 minutes, yeah, a little under under. 30 minutes or less is what we're always looking for. Just like an episode, 37 37 minutes or less. Yeah, (laughs) a tasteful amount of time. Just one one streaming show, right? With some good banter and hopefully some good data. Uh, We'll be back next week. Every Thursday, we'll be dropping this podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, If you like what we do, please hit that follow button as we hear at certain milestones. uh, The followers will be giving out merch starting at 50. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get there sooner than later so we can give you guys some uh, some shirts. But thanks again. I'm Jeff Sheesby, uh, alongside Ant Latino, the odds fellow and old man who bets. This is short-term high volatility investments.